Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Gerald, good to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Amazing. I'm very excited to chat with you about uh, your company. So our guest today is Gerald Kears, who founded Trustable, which is an AI governance platform that enables data science and compliance teams to manage and mitigate AI risk, build trust, comply with AI regulation, and accelerate responsible AI development, which is things that uh, we've been hearing left and right from all of these people who've introduced AI, but now they want to introduce regulation again. So it's a very hot topic today. And you've raised so far around 1.8 million from Harlem Capital, Vamos Ventures, and other agent investors. Gerald, explain to an eight-year-old, what's Trustable really? (laughs) Right. So Trustable is a software company that fundamentally helps enterprises really build and deploy AI safely. So obviously, you know, we all talk about the exciting innovations and opportunities that artificial intelligence brings, but also the technology has some inherent harms and risks that organizations, when they're using this, really need to think about. Things like bias and fairness, of course, are spoken a lot about. Things like hallucination, there are privacy and security concerns. All of these types of risks ultimately have the potential to diminish trust for organizations that are looking to deploy it. So whether you're a bank using a new customer chatbot that needs to be very polite and secure with customers, whether you're a healthcare company that's using artificial intelligence to automate claims or automate or provide additional insights to doctors, all of that needs to be managed very carefully. And so we really help enterprises, public sector organizations, really companies that are perhaps a little bit more regulated in nature, that are thinking very carefully about how do I balance innovation and risk at scale as I look to deploy AI literally across the entire enterprise. Amazing. So if we were to break that down, how would it look like for an enterprise? So I have my own AI software and then you build an extension or you how do you integrate your technology and how do I really know or see the value that's coming out of Trustable? Yeah, so I think... To answer that question appropriately, it's probably blessed to describe what is AI governance to start. So we like to divide AI governance into three distinct layers, organizational governance, use case governance, and then the the data and the model governance. So organizational really is the roles, the procedures, the responsibilities, the policies that organizations need to do as a whole. The use case is the specific application of AI that's being used for one particular thing, because we have to remember that, you know, with foundational models, with GPT-4, you can summarize an article, you can summarize a medical record, but they present dramatically different risks and different governance requirements, depending on the use case. And then the third layer is the data and the model layer, right? Things around fairness and bias, et cetera. We are much more focused at the organizational and the use case level. And it's in part because some of the regulatory requirements are also asking companies to really focus more at the use case level. So we integrate into technologies like Databricks or Azure AI to, in essence, extract information about the data and the model that is relevant, but ultimately helping customers support what the use case is. And for a use case, you know, the governance could depend a lot. It could depend on the models that you're ultimately using, depend on the jurisdictions that they're being deployed in. 
the nature of the autonomy that the AI is making in terms of decision making. And so we help organizations really through a cloud platform, through a SaaS application, understand where AI is being used across the entire enterprise, identify, manage, and mitigate any potential risks that could exist from that, create some basic documentation that is required by regulations and international frameworks, and then provide a lot of the kind of compliance reporting that is needed to generate for regulators, for stakeholders, for customers, whoever is really requiring transparency into your AI systems. Amazing. Take us back to your early moments. I know you're new. So how did you approach the first early customers and convince them that this is something that they need? Yeah, the reality is that I think almost every enterprise out there is thinking about AI governance in some way, shape or form. They know that AI is exciting, but they know that they have to think about the risks. The challenge that we saw for companies that were looking to adopt AI is that they didn't understand, they weren't educated on the potential risks and harms. They didn't really, this was a new category of technology that they didn't necessarily know how to deal with. Financial services companies have traditional, for example, model risk management teams. These are AI models that have been used for a decade plus in financial decision-making and risk assessments, things of this nature. Fast forward to today, where generative AI can be used in literally any function inside of an organization, from human resources and marketing to business development and risk, etc. There's a new aperture of risk management that all of a sudden needs to be incorporated into the business. And so for us, the real entry point that we saw is like, how can we help you crawl, walk, run your way into understanding what governance is? There are basic requirements that every company needs to have, right? You should have policies that dictate how you're going to treat AI inside of the organization, what your employees are allowed to do. You need to understand where AI is being used. You can't manage something you don't know where it's being ultimately used. You need to do basic risk assessments, right? A basic understanding of what the technology is, what its benefits are, what its potential risks are, and determine whether or not that's something that's applicable to you. And then for a lot of organizations as well, ethics is very top of mind. Making sure that they are building these systems with ethical considerations, with clear understanding of how they're impacting users and customers. And so for us, I think because we are in some respects in a category creation mode, a lot of companies are really confused as to what they should do. How should they start? And so for us, our main messaging positioning is like, let's help you gain clarity from day one on what the basics are. And then we'll, as I said earlier, crawl, walk, run your way towards full governance for these systems. If I'm, if I'm a new company starting a new category like yourself, where do I go and find my clients? Yeah, having a lot of discussions, right? We spoke to over 200 companies of all shapes and sizes, of all industries and different jurisdictions. And after collecting data about who were the organizations that were most interested, what were the personas of those companies that expressed the most interest or perhaps the most acute pain point, then we would go into start kind of narrowing down and defining what the right attributes or or, um, value propositions are uh, for us. And so for us, at the beginning, we thought this would be a mass market product. There are other companies that have been created in the privacy space, for example, that created a lot of value when GDPR, the data privacy regulation in Europe came out. And we came into this thinking, well, maybe this is a mass market product. Every company around the world, once the EU AI Act passes, which is the most consequential regulation for AI that's likely going to pass later this year, every company is going to need this. And I think we started realizing that, well, there's actually very acute and distinct pain points based on the size of the organization. AI is a technology like we've never really seen before. It encompasses 
so many different aspects of data, models, ethics, that in some ways, regulated enterprises for us seemed to be like the right pain point because they were really focused on risk management. And then the second one, as we spoke to a lot of companies, was I want to call them mid-market technology companies. I want to kind of exclude big tech from this equation. But for us, mid-market technology companies were also coming to us saying, hey, my customers are asking us how our AI systems work. Our customers want to have confidence that we're collecting data in the right way, that we have the right policies and procedures to make sure that these systems don't go awry. And we need a system to help us understand how can we increase trust with customers for our AI deployments. And so we've seen these value propositions of trust and risk be really critical for both of those. But that was after hundreds and hundreds of conversations with customers and collecting information, kind of narrowing down what the right approach is for us. What has been the most challenging part of finding customers? For us, I think the one unique aspect of where we are is that our perspective is, and we've seen this through other regulatory changes, that as regulations get adopted, that adoption of our own platform will increase. And it's because you know we're helping them comply with these emerging regulations that are going to have to retrofit compliance requirements into their AI development lifecycle. And so our goal is to make that process of complying with these new emerging regulations really as simple as possible. For us, the biggest challenge has been how do we help drive urgency before these regulations happen? The AI Act, as I mentioned, is likely going to pass later this year in Europe, maybe early next year. We expect that to be an important catalyst where companies will say, okay, well, 2023 was about learning and figuring out what I needed to do. Now, 2024, I have to move from responsible AI to accountable AI. I'm now not all of a sudden just going to be able to say all the good things that I'm doing. I now have to prove it, (laughs) do it and prove it. And so we're really focused on that. And so the big challenge for us has been, you know, how do we help drive urgency in the short term prior to some of these regulations happening, happening? And I think it's still something that we're battling with today. Amazing. Before you started Trustable, you worked at Fiscal Note, which is now a public company, and you worked there for nearly a decade across a variety of roles. What learnings did you bring with you and what are things that you had to unlearn? Yeah, so many. I mean, I started at Fiscal Note as employee 15 or so. And by the time that I left, it was a public company, 800 plus employees around the world. There's a lot of learnings on the various stages of startup growth that I think are applicable to trustable, you know, going from zero to one is very different than going from one to 10, which is very different from 10 to 100. The types of culture you build in each of those, the processes, all of that kind of startup growth and scale, I think tremendous learning, tremendous things that are related. I think one of the big ticket pain points that I think at Fiscal that we were really focused on is the external world is getting a lot more complex. Geopolitical and regulatory pressures are increasing Customers are demanding companies to have higher ethical standards. And all of this is changing the way that organizations made decisions. And I think while Fiscal Note was focused a lot on broader issues, we're focused perhaps more on the AI landscape itself. I think it's true for the AI landscape as well. The geopolitical environment for AI will get very complex. It's a technology issues that has national security implications like no other. And governments are really paying attention to it. That's certainly, a, I think, an important observation that I saw from my fiscal note years. And then I think the thing where it is different is we are targeting a bit more of a technical persona in some respects. We certainly work with 
compliance teams and legal teams and risk teams, but there's also an important data science persona, technology persona here. And I think, how do you solve problems for a data scientist that's also trying to be a leader in AI in their category, but isn't necessarily an expert in risks or regulations? I think that has been somewhat challenging. And so that's been certainly a, an important uh, lesson for us. What is the principle that you live by that has served you well on your journey so far? How you do one thing is how you do everything. <laughs> so for me, that's not to say that obviously I or anyone else can't make mistakes, but I think the attention that we put into one thing ultimately becomes a culture of how we do everything. And so, you know, when we are building presentations, where we're building capabilities into the product, we don't strive for perfection, but we strive for something that puts our best foot forward because we want to make sure that companies have first impressions. Customers have first impressions and you want to make sure that they're as strong as possible. Uh, and you don't want them to think that how you do one thing is how you do everything. <laughs> and so for me, I really live by that every day, obviously very hard to achieve in every circumstance, but I found that to be kind of a good moral compass for me. Amazing. If you were to go back to the founding aha moment, from everything that we're hearing about the exciting things in AI, why did you go into regulations? You know, my co-founder, Andrew, had a very similar background than I did at Fiscal Note. He spent seven plus years at the company. He started as an entry-level software engineer, led all the way through to lead a lot of the machine learning and, and data teams inside of the company. And he was a machine learning engineer. And because Fiscal Note was really focused on understanding the policy landscape, he was one of the first engineers, probably in the world, honestly, to read the EU AI Act a few years ago when it was first introduced. And as a machine learning engineer, he was reading the regulation saying, there's no way that we could comply with this. We don't even have the systems, the documentation in place, the way that data scientists, data scientists and lawyers talk dramatically different languages. They work off of different technologies. And so there was a realization that in order for machine learning teams and, and really AI adoption to be accelerated, in a regulated world, there needed to be a lot more collaboration with legal and compliance teams. Uh, and so we were starting to see that this gap that existed between these two functions, if you will, needed to be closed if we wanted to, again, move from this responsible AI, say the right things to this accountable AI, which is doing and proving that you're doing the right things. What's next for Strasbourg? Well, for us, we want to obviously continue to grow. We're looking to raise some additional capital, bring in some folks uh, on the product development and go-to-market side. As I mentioned a little earlier, we expect the regulatory environment to be a catalyst for growth for us as organizations view the regulatory environment as uncertain and complex. I think our software platform can really get embedded in their business to provide certainty and clarity. What are the requirements across all of these different regulatory environments? Um, what does my company need to do to demonstrate good faith efforts? How do I make sure that I am building the right systems, tools, processes, and documentation to make sure that my tools and my system and my AI fundamentally is trusted? And so my hope is that while the external world gets more complex for organization, that our tool can actually be a source of clarity to help them really understand what they need to do to drive responsible adoption of AI. This is amazing. Thank you, Gerald. Uh, two questions. One is where can people reach you and are you hiring? Absolutely. So I think the best way to reach me is through LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Gerald Kiris Iturrios on LinkedIn. I'm originally from Puerto Rico, so we use both of our last names. 
And LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach me. Uh, we are hiring. So in the very short term, we are looking for a director of policy. So someone who has probably a legal background that can help us really understand how the confluence of regulations is ultimately impacting businesses and then translate that into specific product requirements. And then uh, an account executive for sales. Uh, I think over the course of the beginning of the year, we'll bring in some additional go-to-market and R&D talent. But I think those are the first, the next two roles that are in our horizon. Gerald, we wish you the best of luck on your journey. Have a great day. Thanks, Hadi. Great to be here. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers.